0: Welcome to the Cornerstone Church Podcast. We are glad you are taking advantage of this resource. If you would like to find out more information about our church or connect with us, go to cornerstonebv.org. You can also check us out on our Facebook page, at CornerstoneBV. We hope that the message today impacts your life and draws you closer in your walk with Christ. Amen. You can have a seat. You can have a seat. How are we doing this morning? Some of you got the flannel memo. Good job. It's fall. Let's go. Feeling a little warm in it now, to be honest, but that's okay. Um, Oh, I've been having a contest. Poor you guys have had to go around this fence all all morning. Um, So, uh, all all weekend, I've been having a contest. I want to see if you guys are the best. All you got to do, I'm going to do most of the work. All you got to do is say D. All right, you ready? Go. (laughs) One more time. All right, good. You can go. You were the best. No, I'm I'm kidding. so uh, I did actually bring this for a reason, this fence. Uh, you've seen this fence before, perhaps. Um, we like our fences, um, sometimes physical, sometimes other. Uh, maybe you were putting up a fence between you and your neighbor, and he came out and said, well, what are you putting that fence up for? My dog, really, it's just to keep my dog in. Well, why is it 10 feet high and has barbed wire on top of it, right? <laughs> oh, my dog jumps real high, right? So. Like, we, we like our fences sometimes physical, sometimes emotional, because like, the fences are like, all right, I'm in here, and you can stay over there, right? We can wave to each other over the fence. And these these fences, they, they, they can um, sometimes not be physical, but you feel like you're in. Like, if you're not a student now, maybe you remember the cafeteria days, please, God, may at least one friend be in my lunch so I can sit with someone because I'm in. Because if I'm by myself, I'm out. Right, and 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 this no, I think in no bigger place are fences made, but in religions, caste systems, um, economic uh, reasons, but even um, Abraham's family, the nation of Israel, right? They had the biggest fence that God chose them as a distinction. So they had their sacrifices. They they had their. Um, Their food laws, circumcision, right? And so for centuries now, they took pride in that. There's we're on the inside, right? We 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 are with God, and you, as nice as you are, Gentiles, you're out, right? And and in our passage today, what I think it's why it's Luke really takes a lot of time explaining this amazing story, that it's one of the top three to five most critical stories in all of church history, all of human history. Something that you and I probably take for granted. If you are uh, of Jewish heritage, then you can take it for granted if you want. But for most of us who are not, we're Gentiles. And so we take for granted that we can come to God. But it's through the cross of Jesus Christ, His grace, that basically said all of these fences, all of these barriers are gone. The only fence between you and God is your sin, right, that Christ paid for in full. And so this account is going to be where the church finally realizes, wait a minute, there's no in crowd anymore. It's all who come to God in faith are in. Let's pray before we go to that passage. Lord, um, it it is truly a a privilege to open up your word with um, your people and those who might be Uh, You're drawing to yourself and are seeking you. It's a privilege and an honor, Lord, that I do not take lightly. That this is, um, Lord, it's sacred to be able to look at your truths together. Lord, I pray that this would be um, a fresh truth for many of us. That we take for granted sometimes that we can just come to you anytime we want. Into your presence. But we shouldn't. It was at a great cost to your son. And so, Lord, I pray that you would do with your word... um, what, what you need to do in us today, whatever that might be, we just humble our hearts before you. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, Amen, amen. Um, So, uh, if you're, we'll put it on the screen, but if you're following along, it's Acts chapter 10, verse 1, if you want to open there. Otherwise, you can just pay attention to the screen. A couple things before we get there. Uh, First, um, when I haven't been in church this weekend, I've been uh, over at the camp in Douglas with our teenagers and their retreat. So, if at any point in my sermon, I go, hey, be quiet. I'm separating you two. (laughs) Forgive me. I'm just forgetting where I'm at, all right? I just want you to know. I don't mean it, um, but pay attention, okay? Um, and, and secondly, you saw the video for the occult series. If you were, you've were you been with us a number of years, I did a sermon series on that. It's not that, it's an online, Each uh, I think there's like 13 segments and each one are only like three to five minutes. So we'll put that on our website this uh, next couple of months and share it on social media and all that. The point of it isn't just to look at something creepy or interesting, although Steve did find some seriously creepy music for that video, um, but it's to, to recognize where the occult seeps into our everyday lives, right? And sometimes we don't notice it. So hopefully you enjoy that. That'll be coming this this week. Okay, so this is, um, you really can't break this up, okay? So I want to just let you know, a vast majority of our time is just going to be taking us through this story that Luke told in an amazing way. Because in it, it just becomes crystal clear, right? Crystal clear of what the whole point is of this story, okay? Uh, We left off last week with Peter. uh, God had done a couple of miracles through him, and he was staying in Joppa with another man named Simon. He was Simon Peter. This is Simon the Tanner at the seashore. Who doesn't want to have a friend on the on the ocean, right? And, and so he's there, and Luke is going to shift the scene to a completely different place, um, a, a pagan city, right? A Caesarea. There was a man named Cornelius, a centurion of what was known as the Italian cohort. He was a devout man who feared God with all his household. He gave alms generously to the people, and he prayed continually to God. Oh, man, I would... Just be so overjoyed if someone would say that of me someday. I'm working on it,? right? And so we have this, this Centurion, which is, what's key here is he's in a very pagan Gentile city, and he's a Gentile. In fact, he's a Roman soldier. He's kind of mid-level management. That's what centurions were. And, and, but they're kind of the backbone of the army, right? Not the high ups who don't really know what's going on or the, the lower ones. He's in, in the middle. And, and so uh, if you remember, if, you, if you're familiar with the gospel and familiar with the New Testament, centurions are actually usually talked about in a good light. You have like the centurion who Jesus said, man, I wish Israel had faith like this guy. Or you have the, the one at the foot of the cross, right, that said, truly this is the son of God, centurion. And now this centurion, who's called a God-fearer or a fearer of God, this is a, kind of an interesting category. So you have um, those who are uh, in, in the tribe of Abraham, you're, you're in, right, you're, you're descendant of Abraham, you're, you're in the in crowd, right? Then you have proselytes, okay, so they were non-Jews. Uh, but they got circumcised if they were males. They, they followed the food laws. They did all the things they were supposed to do. So they were kind of in, but not really. You know what I'm saying, right? Kind in, person that comes to your family reunion, we let him in. He married into the family, but he's not really in, you know? And, and that's the proselytes. Now the god fears are those who are uh, like, like this centurion Cornelius. They're not, uh, they're still a Gentile. They're not following all the other things, but they love and worship and pray to the God of Israel. All right, so you have this, this idea, okay, and it's, it's like there's this gate, there's this barrier. And so far through Acts, we have a number of years now that, that Jesus has ascended and the mission has gone out, it's still pretty primarily with Jews, right, Jewish Christians. And so it's going to come now to the door where, where now we have a Gentile, but he's at the door, right? He's like seeking God. I want to know this God, Kind of like the Ethiopian eunuch, if you were with us during that passage. And, and, and here's where we're going to see, like a doorway. The gospel is going to flood into this family and this household. But then beyond that, it's going to go into pagan places where people aren't even looking for God. That the gospel will go, as Jesus said, to the ends of the earth. So you see a, a, a hinge. And that's why this account in Acts is so critical. That we should never take for granted ever, that we can come to God without a barrier, without a fence. And I know, don't panic. I'm not going to spend that much time with every verse in this chapter, okay? I promise. Um, And and so this is what what happens to this guy. About the, the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God come in and say to him, Cornelius. All right, that's probably not what he sounded like, but that's just how I hear it, all right? And he stared at him in terror. And he said, what is it, Lord? What is it? Right? Like, Anytime you see an angel, they're not the little girls with wings going, Oh, I'm so cute, I'm on your Christmas tree, right? No, it's, I'm terrified because it's the holiness and glory of God. So Cornelius is like, I don't know, maybe I did something wrong, but just the opposite actually. He said to him, your prayers and your alms have ascended as a memorial before God. This is language like, like when you see in the Old Testament with the sacrifices, when your heart is right. It's an aroma before God. It's not the physical aroma that you or I might like, right? The cooking meat, right? It's the, the aroma of your heart that is, that is seeking Him, that's praying, that's, that's worshiping. And it's a, 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 what we see in the New Testament kind of describes it as like an incense. And it symbolizes it, going up and God hearing and seeing, and that's the language you have here. Your prayers, your worship, even your charity, like it's seen, it's heard by God. We even have some churches, right? Higher churches will use incense to kind of symbolize that. I grew up Roman Catholic, and I was an altar boy for years. And for whatever ridiculous reason, they decided 10-year-old boys should be the one that lights incense before the special services, right? Right? And so I, I remember one day, here I am, oh, this is going to be great, incense, I'm sure that's what I was thinking, um, and I'm lighting it and my, my altar boy robe catches on fire right on the sleeve, right, and I'm going like this, because this is what you should do when your robe's on fire, just so you know, and, and my friend Chris, no help at all, he's hiding around the corner laughing at me the whole time, never forget, right, and I'm going like this and that's just the scent of flesh and dirty robe was what that was, okay, but I've never forgotten it. And, and the, in, what the incense is supposed to do, which I think is so beautiful, is to think of God as hearing and seeing you seeking him. And so that's what the angel says to, to, the, to this Gentile centurion. And so he's, he says, your, 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 the, your prayers have been heard. And he says, now this is what I want you to do, Cornelius. Send men to Joppa and bring one Simon, who is called Peter. Bring him to you. He is lodging with one Simon, huh, both Simon, a tanner, whose house is by the sea. When the angel who spoke to him had departed, he called two of his servants and a devout soldier from among those who attended him, and having related everything to them, he sent them to Joppa. So that's a centurion for you. I mean, there's gotta be a lot of questions here, an angel, and God, like what's going on, but he's a soldier, right? You give me orders, I'm doing it. All right, yep, okay, that's what I'm gonna do it. That's what the angel told me to do. Peter, on the other hand... <laughs> We're going to see it's a very different story. And I don't know who you relate to better. Hopefully it's the centurion. God tells you to do something. You don't ask any questions. But if you're like me, it's more like Peter. you sure, God? (laughs) I'm not sure that's the right plan, right? And so uh, you got to love Peter. That's why he's here, man. He makes us all feel really good about ourselves, okay? So the next day, verse 9, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on the housetop from the sixth hour to pray. And he became hungry, and he wanted something to eat. But while they were preparing it, he fell into a trance. So he would go up. It's time for prayer. Uh, It's probably an outside spot because the tanner wouldn't have had a lot of uh, money. Uh, like some rich people would, but it had have like a canopy over it to block the sun. But what a view, right? He's looking at the sea, great place to pray. He gets hungry, calls for food. But as he's, as he's doing that, you can kind of picture him looking up, and then he falls into a trance. He doesn't fall asleep. He begins to see a vision from, from the Lord, verse 11. And saw the heavens opened, and something like a great sheet descending, being let down by its four corners upon the earth. In it were all kinds of animals and reptiles and and birds of the air. So really strange. He's just like, what is going on? And there's a sheet. It kind of represents, I think, looking back now, uh, all four corners of the earth, right? Like Jesus said, the ends of the earth. But he sees all these animals. And remember, as a Jewish man, there was clean animals that God said it's okay to eat. And then there was the unclean animals. Um, which you got to feel really sorry for them. You can't eat lobster. I mean, come on. That's terrible. And and so he's seeing all different ones represented in this vision. And it says that, um, and there came a voice to him. Rise, Peter, kill and eat. I love that. That's a heavenly vision, huh? Hunt, kill, eat. But Peter said, by no means, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. Right? So, so it's a pretty good translation, but the Jamie translation is, no stinking way, God, that I'm doing that. Uh, if you find yourself ever doing that, saying that to God, you just maybe step back and breathe a little bit. But you've got to love Peter because he's come a long way. Remember Peter of the Gospels? He was always putting his foot in, the mouth, his, foot in his mouth. right? Always like, like Jesus is saying, this is going to happen. No, it's not. And Jesus is like, you're Satan, get behind me right? He's come a long way, but I don't know, anyone here, because this has happened to me, you really truly believed you've gotten over that sin struggle that you used to have? And then it pops up. Am I the only one? Okay, there's a few of you. And it's so frustrating, but you take incur- be encouraged, right? It happens, right? And, and, and God is still killing it in you, but it sometimes will pop up. Stay humble, and, and we see Peter still kind of struggling with the same old things that he's always struggled with, but for good reason. This isn't just about food. This is about who he is. Right? A devout Jewish man. Like This was everything. We are close to God because we do this. And now God's saying, yeah, yeah, don't worry about that anymore. Right? Don't worry about that tradition. Don't worry about the, like, uh-huh, that distinction, that barrier right, between you and others who aren't quite as good as you. Right? And don't, don't worry about that anymore. And, and the voice came to him a second time. What God has made clean, do not call common. This happened three times, and the thing was taken up at once to heaven. I think we're supposed to mean there that Peter argued three times. Like, how many times are you going to do that three times? The God, right? But here he is, three times, saying, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. But it, it made an impression on Peter, because watch what he's doing. As the vision goes away, it says, well, Peter was inwardly perplexed. I don't know if you've ever been perplexed. It's a good word. As to what the vision that he had, had seen might mean. Behold, the men who were sent by Cornelius, having made inquiry for Simon's house, they stood at the gate, and they called out to ask whether Simon, who was called Peter, was lodging there. All right, so here's, this is uh, a physical picture of something much more profound, okay? Picture it with me. The Gentiles are seeking, and they're at literally a gate, looking in and calling. Hey, Simon, will you, right, like calling, but they're outside. Peter is up on that, you know, looking, being perplexed, looking out at the ocean. He's on the inside, and he probably kind of hears some commotion, maybe, right? And, and what you're, as Luke tells this dramatic story, as the reader, you're meant to go, ooh, is the barrier, is the gate, is the fence going to finally be dropped or not? What's Peter going to do? Is he going to do what God said, right? And so these people are seeking Peter. And it says, while Peter was pondering the vision, the Spirit said to him, Behold, three men are looking for you. Rise and go down and accompany them without hesitation, for I have sent them. When I read that, I thought of my parents. I don't know about you. You know, when you're kind of arguing with your parents and eventually they've had enough? They're like, listen, do it without hesitation, and I don't want to hear any more lip. That's what I heard about this. I don't know about you, but it's like they're here. They're looking for you. Go accompany them. Go with them. This is my plan. This is my plan. And so we'll see if Peter continues to argue, or you know what he's going to do. We'll see. I'm frozen. So can you uh, hit me up, Mike? Next one. Technology. All right. Um, So verse twenty-one. And Peter went down to the men and said, "I am the one you're looking for. What is the reason for your coming? What do you want?" And they said, Cornelius, a centurion. Okay, so, so stop there. A centurion, right? So right away, Peter's like, oh, are you kidding me? A Gentile, a Roman soldier? But then he hears the centurion's resume, all right? An upright, God-fearing man who is well-spoken of the whole Jewish nation was directed by a holy angel to send for you to come to his house and to hear what you have to say. Really? <laughs> a God-fearer that even angels are visiting? I better pay attention to what's happening here. So what will, will Peter do? Verse uh, 22, 23. So he invited them in to be his guests. A small sentence, right? But profound. It's a first step, right? So so Jews and, and Gentiles, they didn't, they typically didn't go to each other's homes. You definitely didn't go to a Gentile's house. You could invite them in, but you typically didn't. And you definitely didn't eat together, right? You, 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 I don't know how you do eating. Maybe it's a, a drive through or a granola bar in the back seat or something like that, right? But for them, table fellowship was intimacy, was friendship. It was, it was meaningful. And so you didn't do that with someone who's on the outside, right? So for Peter to say, come in, come in and eat, right? To, to eat with us um, and, and to stay the night is a first step for this gigantic event in church history, Okay, next one. The next day, he rose and he went away with them. And some of the brothers from Joppa accompanied him. And on the following day, they entered Caesarea. Cornelius was expecting them and called together his relatives and close friends. Verse 25. When Peter entered, Cornelius met him and he fell down at his feet and worshipped him. Imagine that, but Peter lifted him up and said, "Stand up! I too am a man." All right? So, so Cornelius thinks he's he's a uh, 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 you know some kind of divine messenger, and he falls at his feet. But Peter's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa! Only God is to be worshipped, right? Only, only God. So get up and try to figure out what this uh, w- w- what this guy wants." Okay, so Peter's there, and um, he's, he's kind of in the house. This is a big thing, and, and, and Peter's going to have to figure out, you know, what, what am I going to do, right? And verse 27, as he talked with him, he went in, and he found many persons gathered. And he said to them, I love this, you yourselves know how unlawful it is for a Jew to associate with or to visit anyone of another nation. That's kind of rude, right? Y'all, should, no, I shouldn't be here with you people. You're on the other side, but it's like, like, like he's he's saying, hey, you know, they knew, right? They knew Gentiles Jews don't mix. They don't have dinner. They don't go to each other's homes, right? He's like, there's been this for centuries. This isn't just like ten years, right? This is centuries of offense between us, right? We we have this barrier. You can't come in. That's what Peter's saying. You know. This, right? But then Peter says the, the two most, uh, I think, glorious words in the English language. But God. even had a sermon series on that once. But God. I was lost for eternity except but God. I, I was so broken beyond repair, but God. I was no shot and my shame and sin but God. So Peter says, there was a barrier up for centuries that nobody could get past but God. But God has shown me that I should not call any person common or unclean. So when I was sent for, I came without objection. Really, Peter? I mean, come on. All right, we'll give it to him. Technical, technicality. I ask then, why you sent for me? What do you want, right? But he's saying, but God has shown me it's completely different, right? So verse 30, so now we get Cornelius, he's going to say it again. He says, four days ago, about this hour, I was praying in my house at the ninth hour, and behold, a man stood before me in bright clothing And he said, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard, and your alms have been remembered before God. Send, therefore, to Joppa, and ask for Simon, who is called Peter. He is lodging in the house of Simon a tanner by the sea. So I sent for you at once, and you have been kind enough to come. Now, therefore, we are all here in the presence of God to hear all that you have been commanded by the Lord. Man, for any kind of apostle, pastor, any Christian for that matter, that's putting the ball on the tee, right? He walks in, and he's just got a few people there. Imagine you're Peter. You walk in, and there's all these people. Pretty much everyone Cornelius knows. He's invited, all Gentiles, right, sitting there going, talk to us, tell us about God. Like, I talk to pastors a lot, right? And they're like, man, sometimes I feel like I gotta entertain. I gotta get people up. You know, uh, they're dragging. And, and, I, and I get it. I'm just saying we, including me, we should learn from this. Anytime, whether it's preached or at a Bible study or a home group or even every time you just by yourself open God's word, it should be this attitude, right? That this is God. Right? We're not, we're not competing with movies, right? This is God's word. This is, this is, the angels look on in awe at what God has done and is doing, and so a lot can be accomplished in your life if you don't come bored wishing you were at a movie, and you come expecting to hear from the Lord God. When that happens, man, he shows up big in your life because you're willing to let him, and so Peter's looking on, and it's just teed up, right, but it's still kind of crazy for him, and, and, and Peter is standing, and remember, Peter has uh, six witnesses from Joppa that he brought with him. And they're there with him. That's going to make seven if you include Peter. That means it's an official witness for what God's about to do here in this room. So Peter opened his mouth, and he said, truly I understand that God shows no partiality. But in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. As for the word that he sent to Israel, preaching good news of peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. I know for us, we sing that and proclaim that. Of course he is. But for Peter, this is brand new. Like like no partiality, no matter what nation or what skin color or what economic bracket you're in or what you've done, there is peace. Now this isn't just, ah, I feel peaceful. Peace is a rightness with your creator. And sin destroys that. God is not a celestial Santa Claus who says, oh, why don't you just come be with me, sit on my lap, tell me what you want for Christmas. That's not God. He's just and he's holy. And sin separates us from him. That we are enemies of God. That's what the Bible says. And yet, because of Christ, anyone can now through faith, because of his grace, have peace with God for all of eternity. That you can waltz in and sit on his lap. I don't know if that's actually allowed, but you know what I mean. You can come into his presence. You can talk to him, worship him anytime because of Christ. And I love that. They say, he says that, that, that anyone who fears him and does what is right. Now, that's not a works-based salvation. That's just saying if you have true faith, there will be works. There will be fruit in your life. Not perfect. Look at Peter. But there will be fruit, Okay. And so he 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 then just gives them this word, these words of life. You yourselves know what happened throughout all Judea, beginning from Galilee after the baptism that John proclaimed, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Right? It's just a summary of Jesus' life. But then he gets to the crescendo, right? He says, and we are all witnesses of all that he did, both in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a tree. Now, you and I, we've heard this before, right? We have symbols. You might even wear one around your neck. First-century Christians would think you're nuts doing that, but they were like, "That's like a torture device." But have fun with that, right? But it's symbolic. We 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 have heard it so many times, but these people are like, they they put him on a cross where the most horrible sinners, most shameful people will go. Yeah, that's what they did. That that this Jesus was killed. He was buried. He was put in a tomb. But there go the two most precious words in the English language once again. But God. But God. But God raised him, Peter said, on the third day. And he made him to appear, not to all the people, but to us who had been chosen by God as witnesses, who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. I love that. This wasn't some ghostly, like, ooh, you know, resurrection. This was, he, he, he's really, I can touch him, eat with him, drink with him. We're laughing, we're crying, we're telling stories. He was in the grave and now he's alive, right? This is the gospel. And he commanded us, Peter Peter, one, to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one appointed by God to be judge of the living and the dead. To him, all the prophets bear witness that everyone who believes in him, everyone who believes in him, receives forgiveness of sins through his name not just the family of abraham anyone who believes in him receives forgiveness for your sins not just your little sins but any sin that comes between you and god peter proclaims this right to them and they're sitting there listening and 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 i don't know me i I think peter he's like a he's like a typical baptist pastor still got a couple more points right three point sermons and, and maybe he's gonna get the, the, the worship team to start playing some good music, have an altar call, right? But God intervenes <laughs> again, right? So he's while Peter is still saying these things, right, the Holy Spirit interrupted him. The Holy Spirit uh, fell on all who heard the word. And the believers from among the circumcised, those guys who came with Peter from Joppa, who had come with Peter, they were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out even on the Gentiles, for they were hearing them speaking in tongues and extolling God. They're, I don't know what they thought. Like, oh, okay, no partiality. Maybe the Gentiles can come into the, the home, the family of God, and stay in the foyer, right? Not the living room. But they were like amazed. Like, wow, the Holy Spirit has poured on them just like he did to us. There is no difference between us. There are no more barriers, no fences. That They, too, are given the gift of the Holy Spirit because of their faith in Christ. No more fences, no more barriers. Now some will ask, is this a normative thing when you come to Christ that will happen to you? No, this is, this is a profound event where God is cementing the truth to those witnesses so they could tell the whole church, because they're going to argue about this for a while, right? Some would still argue. But this truth that God shows no partiality in Christ, it's a profound, profound event. And so, Peter looks at all of this and he declared, can anyone withhold water for baptizing these people who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked him to remain for some days. So he stayed there and taught them. Water baptism does not save you, but it is very important. It's not just a little religious thing to check off the list, okay? It has always been not just an identification of your own death and burial of your sin, and your new life in Christ when you come out of the water. But it's throughout church history, even as far back as this, it represents that you are, by your faith in Christ, part of the family of God. And so this was huge for Peter to say, Hey, why would we stop these Gentiles of being baptized? For God has accepted them, so should we. And they came in to the family of God, and that doorway was open, and now we see the grace of the gospel pour. Into pagan nations who didn 't even know they were looking for God, and so uh, I promised most of our time was with that. I just want you to think as we began about this fence, okay and there 's two sides, right, and so there 's this this fence between you know you and God and and, and maybe you're you 're on this side of the fence, like maybe this is where you are, maybe you didn't realize that there even was a God and and, and you 've you, you, you figured, well, I'm not sure I even believe in this God. Or, or maybe you're just like, well, who am I? I don't go to church enough. I'm not religious. Or maybe you have that sin. Like you're like, Jamie, you don't know what I've done. I don't, and by the way, I don't need to know. I, I got enough problems with the things I've done. I don't need to know all that you've done. What I do know is God knows. And what we love to say is that you cannot out that cross. I don't care. You could tell me what it is and I'd shrink back in horror. You did that? You cannot outsend this cross. This fence, this barrier is gone. Right? What, what we, what one of the, the terms we'll say a lot, right, is that at, at the foot of the cross, the ground is level. Whatever shame, whatever sin, whatever, how far you've run. You, there's no fence. The only barrier is you refusing to believe that God made a way where there was no way, that it is finished upon this cross. But I got to warn you that if if you're someone you've just kind of been calling yourself a Christian, and I don't like doing this, well, I do because God calls me to, but it's not easy. But maybe you fill out a survey and you check off a box. Yeah, I'm a Christian. Are you really? I know we, we, in New England, we don't have that many cultural Christians. It's just because it's not really all that cool to be a Christian. So I get that. But maybe you say, like, oh, I grew up in a Christian home. I went to church when I was a kid. I went to Sunday school. Okay, all those things are great. Have you put saving faith in Jesus Christ? Is there fruit in your life? In my, my experience, those who doubt their salvation usually... You're the ones that absolutely are saved because that's sometimes part of the introspective fear that we have before God. But if you just kind of chuckle at your sin and no big deal, just watch out. It's a whole category of people Jesus said will say, "Lord, Lord," and say, "I never knew you." I don't want that to be you. Have you trust about is there fruit in your life? I'm not saying you're perfect. You know what? Sometimes the best fruit, even though I don't want you to stay here, is you still blow it, but you hate that sin, right? Just like, oh, why do I keep doing this? That's fruit right there. But if you're like, yeah, so what? That's a bad, bad sign. And so stop pretending if that's you. Just stop pretending and just submit your life to Christ. Just say, I believe. You can't lose salvation, He gave it to you. You can't lose it. But maybe you never had it. And that's the key, is to say, I don't want this fence that I've put up because of my own sin and unforgiveness and unrepentance. I want the peace of God. And the only way to do that is put your faith in Christ. You're invited to do it right now. Invited to do it. And then be baptized. We have a baptism coming up in November. We'd love to have you be a part of it. It won't save you, but it'll be a beautiful reflection of your salvation. You know, just b- before I go, th- there's that other side of the fence, too. And I just really want to make sure, because there's a lot of Christians in the room, and, and, and sometimes, even though God took it down, we put it back up. But like I said, You know, uh, there, there's a lot of tears at the foot of the cross, T-E-A-R-S. A lot of us can attest to that. But there are no tears, T-I-E-R-S. You know what I mean? When we first get saved, we come to Christ. We're all right here. We're very humble because we remember who we were, and we're still helping people. Give us a lot of time. We can start going. Look who I am. I'm a pastor, huh? Did you go to seminary, huh? I can really hurt my back looking looking down on all you people, right? And and I don't think we're. I hope we're not overtly doing that. But sometimes it can happen. God cleans up our life, and we start looking down at people. We start kind of thinking, Oh, you'll never become a Christian for whatever reason, I just want to make sure that this fence stays gone. And that might mean the person in your life you gave up on. They're too creepy, they're too weird, they're too whatever. Right? Now God knows, you and I, we do not. I remember in seminary doing a class on spiritual warfare, reading a book where the author, he interviewed a former high priest of the church of Satan. Okay, I'm not talking about kids on Halloween. All right? The stuff, I won't even the stuff he did and was involved with was wicked as wicked gets. And yet the reason he was doing this interview is because you at that time was a born-again believer in Jesus Christ and saved by his blood. You think if you had met him before that, you would have been like, yeah, that's probably a upcoming Christian? No. You would have said, no way. So maybe just, just start praying for somebody like that you've given up on. Or, or, or be willing to see what, I'm not saying let some creepy guy who's a high priest of Satan in your house. I'm not saying that, right? But, but, but like just be willing to, to take those fences down and say, man, he, he, he brought me to Christ. Why not him? Why not her? Why not? And be used of him to believe that nobody is beyond the grace of God if God calls him to salvation or her to salvation. All right, what I'm gonna, I'm gonna do is invite our worship team up as always. um, I'm gonna pray in a couple of different ways um, for all of us, me included. Let's pray. Lord, I, I first pray for those here in this room that really have put their faith in Christ. I pray that you would encourage them. If they're struggling with sin or they're struggling with worry, they're struggling with shame, they're struggling with something from their past, oh God, would you show them They are forgiven for all of eternity because of Christ. Not just in their head, but in their heart. And Lord, if they're doubting what you've done for them, or they think it's up to you, would you assure them that it is not? Lord, if they're struggling with sin and they just hate it, you'd give them the strength to kill it once and for all in their life. That you would kill it. Lord, if we've written any person or people off, we've put a fence up where we didn't realize we were, would you show us right now, would you show us clearly so that we might repent? That we might not be the fence between people coming to know you and your word and your truth. Lord, I pray for anyone who came in here not knowing whether or not they were a Christian or knowing they weren't that you've opened or that you will open their eyes of faith. You'd give them, by your grace and mercy, the strength and the faith to believe that Jesus, you died in their place once and for all, so for all of eternity they can have peace with you, Father. It came at a great cost to Jesus, and we celebrate you for it. I pray that you would save, that that even now would just say, Jesus, I believe, I believe you. And Lord, as we sing to you that it would be, as we we sing this this song that just says we'd remember who we're singing to, that you would remind us of your throne of glory as we sing, that our words, whether they're sweet to others' ears, that they would be sweet incense to yours. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. If you're able, would you stand with us and sing, church?